Beautiful. I have, a, I have the best clap. I I have the best. I have claps. the best claps. No one can clap like me. <laughs> I want clapping you to, want be to be accessible able to everybody. To clap like me. Take your ivermectin. <laughs> Eat horse. <laughs> horse. Horse medicine's the best. Okay. Hockey. Never heard of it. You know, she can't play hockey. Doesn't have the stamina. <laughs> Got the stamina. <laughs> you lacking the stamina? <laughs> Babkins. Doing Got all this while you're panicking. Babkins. just on the floor. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck, man. We're warmed Ooh. up. We're good. It's just going to oh, get better man. and better, isn't it? God, do I just intro the podcast from here yeah. to leave this in? No. Yeah. <laughs> give a fuck. <laughs> that's, that's the opener. <laughs> Welcome to it, baby. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. No, Endo, you go ahead. You go ahead. You do the intro. Let's go. Hello, you everybody. It's me, Endo. I'm here with my lovely fellows, uh, Tugi and Sin for the Win with the Tugi's Take podcast. Starring us, the guys, the fellas, <laughs> and also brought to <laughs> Also brought to you by our lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by Manscaped. Yes. For all your male grooming needs, up top, down below, even Big Bird approves. And uh, use code Tugi at checkout for 20% off worldwide shipping. Probably some other points that we're missing, but apparently we've already lost it. He's got it on screen right there. You go. there. <sighs> it's November. So you got to keep it nice. You're, you're growing it out for charity. You got to make sure it's nice and clean <laughs> and crisp. You know what I mean? You could be raising it up here, but you got to make sure down there is there if it's if that's an issue. Well, no, people. maybe you want to grow the November bush. <laughs> <laughs> And get it like the like the the, the pin oh. needle must the needle needle mustache. Oh my god, I'm crying. <sighs> oh, and if you want to grow out your November bush, then hey, in December, make sure you take advantage of our sponsor in Manscaped. Code Tugi at checkout. 20% off your order. Free worldwide shipping with our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped. Crying. I'm crying. <laughs> That's, the, that's, about the, that's their new uh, slogan. <laughs> Manscaped. I'm crying. Uh, Manscaped. The tears burn. Oh, but it won't God. burn Hello, when you use the every... lawnmower. Let's go. <laughs> Bam. We got it, baby. Woo. We made it. All right, everybody. Welcome okay, uh, to another edition. We're here again, as Endo said. Uh, and the title of this episode, Us, the Guys, the Fellas. Uh, we're back after a very interesting weekend in the hockey world, but before we get to talking specifically about the Hochi, viewer questions are back, baby. I told you they'd be back. It was just a matter of craziness in the hockey world and the sports world dying down a little bit. I guess it didn't die down in the sports world because the first question that we have today, and again, if you want to have your question answered, make sure you pay attention to my account on Twitter at Tugi24. Before we record, I'll always put up a Uh, A tweet there that you can respond to, or join the Discord. There's a podcast questions section there as well. The first question comes from Hawks. NFL overreactions halfway through the season. Now, we haven't really talked about football much. Haven't talked about old football that much, uh, really, since the season has started, as we were trying to get our groove down here with a a new three-man booth, so to speak. But highlights... The NFL season so far. 
Uh, yesterday, you had the Buffalo Bills lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is the greatest highlight I've ever seen. Bills gonna bill. They're still probably gonna win the division, but at least the Patriots are keeping it close is pretty much. That's my hot take. That's my overreaction. The Patriots aren't complete trash like the Dolphins or the Jets. Uh, <laughs> in terms of other overreactions, I don't know. It's it's really tough to look because you can go division by division. Now, I know Endo's not the biggest football fan in the world. Sin is a Packers fan, so that makes things interesting. <laughs> the fact that they are in a god-awful division, but they're 7-2. Uh, we don't really know who the quarterback of the team is going to be the rest of the way through. Joe um, Rogan. <laughs> the mentor becomes the man. <laughs> Get Joe in there, all five foot four of them. Oh, my God. Well, I learned that love isn't ready. Um, that was an incredible defensive performance by the Packers, um, and hmm. they can only muster seven points. Uh, my overreactions is, what is up with the Chiefs? Five and four, and they were just kind of gift wrapped a win essentially in that in that last game so they almost lost to the giants mm-hmm. last week too yeah they i i don't understand it the good thing for them is the afc west they have the broncos who suck but of course they beat the cowboys you have the raiders who poor Derek carr yeah. being stuck with that organization because what the hell is going on there and then you have the chargers who are better than five and three but are five and three and it's like, okay, one of the Chargers going to finally not blow it. So, like, literally, NFL-wise, I think the reason why we haven't talked about it is because we've had so much to talk about hockey-wise, but there's so much going on in this NFL season, it's ridiculous. Like, trust me, I wanted to talk about Urban Meyer getting lap dances because that is content, just easy, easy content. But we just didn't have time. Um, Imagine not having time for lap dances, guys. I mean... <laughs> You understand the professionalism that we are undertaking here and yeah. choosing to not cover the lap dances. Overreaction, the Patriots are winning the Super Bowl. Next question. <laughs> this comes from Devs. Thoughts on abolishing the shootout. Now, this is something that I've been asked on this show before. I I, I ain't for it, but I ain't again it. Like, it's, it is what it is. If they wanted to go to three-on-three, continuous until it ends, cool, whatever. Uh, for you guys, though, I'll, I'll turn it over to Endo first. What do you think? Your thoughts on the shootout? As a resident goalie, uh, it'd be really, really nice because that way there's not as much pressure. Um, but as a casual fan, the shootout is nice. Get to see specialists go out there and do their thing. Uh, you can basically have like a black ace in a way and have them come out and just kill it. You see Jokic. Yeah, you see Jokic. We got like TJ Oshi, uh, who was. I think he's, he's still away right now, isn't he? Or is he still back? Um, I actually, I actually don't know. Yeah. The Capitals are uh, another interesting team that we have to talk about Very a little bit today. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know TJ TJ Oshie's health status yeah. or TJ Soshi as they call him because of the shit yeah. over there. But I, I'm, I'm like, like I said, I'm halfway through. Either keep, either keep it or leave it or yeah. Either way, I, I feel like this the shootout's really fun for fans so they can sees crazy stuff happen to some really creative moves that you usually don't get to see during the game. Well, now you get to see it during the game anyway because yeah. how the game's advanced. But it'd be pretty cool just to keep it in. I am. I hate the shootout, and I hope it goes away forever. <laughs> um, it was a very nice novelty for the first couple of years, but now it's completely not needed. What I wanted, when they first introduced three-on-three, 
what I was really hoping is they do like part like five minute four on four, and then a five minute three on three, and then go to the shootout. But instead, they took away the four and four, just went to three on three. Honestly, I am all for I, just complete. Like I don't know, I, I don't like the shootout. I think it's I think it's not hockey, and I think you're deciding a game based on something that is not at the core root of what hockey is. It's not like a one-on-one situation. It's a team sport. It's some semblance of, you know, I don't know. And it just kind of becomes a a skills competition, whereas it's, again, the sport's about who's the best team. And in that competition, well, do you have have the best individual player who can, you know, do something at a certain time for you or make a certain move? That's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, The problem is, if you don't want ties, how do you do away with it and how do you avoid... Uh, just, you know, some games becoming stalemate because we've seen at times with some three on three play, it can be boring because teams are, you know, if they want to be passive with it, keep exiting the zone, looking for the perfect break and oh, exit the zone again. Perfect break. And after the first couple years of just the chaotic mess, that three on three wasn't how exciting it was. You know, eventually teams do find a system. So it's probably a necessary evil, the shootout. I just am not a huge fan of it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny how you mentioned at the beginning, um, because a lot of minor hockey tournaments, uh, what they'll do is they'll have, for overtime, there won't be a shootout. Uh, but there would be, like, four-on-four, four, then three-on-three, three, then two-on-two. Two. And, like, when it's two-on-two, two, it gets crazy. Because what some teams will do is they'll pull that goalie. Like, in like if they're in, like, a round-robin game. Or if it's, usually that's in, like, the playoffs or the finals. Mm. They'll pull their goalies. So it'll be three skaters on two forwards and a goalie. And it's absolute mayhem. Like guys are, it, it turns like a bag skate basically. That's crazy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you gotta like rush pretty... someone back to the bench if you turn the puck over, try to get the goalie back out, or they <laughs> yeah. just go all in. <laughs> just gotta stay out at that point. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, yeah. move fast enough. Uh, next question. It's compl- here we go. Hard right, everybody. Hard right. This one comes from AJ. He says, "I got a good one." We'll be the judge of that. With Remembrance Day coming up in Canada, do you have any war stories passed down from your relatives? No. No, I don't. <laughs> Nor does Endo, I'm pretty sure. So, welcome to, <laughs> yeah. to Sin's War Stories. Yeah. Well, I had uh, two immediate family members serve. I had my grandfather, who served during World War II, and my uncle, who served during Vietnam. He never told his war stories. Um, he did a lot of well, he was a he was best shot in his platoon. They pulled him out to do uh, spec ops stuff, so he never ever talked about what he did and oh, yeah. went down a very very dark path of alcoholism and died a few years ago from liver disease and lung cancer. Um, by a few years ago, I mean like ten. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, my grandfather had the most incredible stories from when he served, uh, stationed in various places. He was in India for a bit. He was. Um, in I think Britain for a while and maybe even France at one point. He was uh he was an Air Force pilot. He started out as that and then eventually just uh be, uh was training people. And he he passed when I was 16. So unfortunately I didn't I don't really at that age when I was younger especially I didn't have a lot of the uh kind of wherewithal to sort of listen all the time to his stories and really hold on to them which at this point you know you obviously wish you do but one of the ones I really hold on to is when he was training free Chinese pilots. Um, and I think some from, from India too. Uh, the ones they are just, you know, when the occupation, when they were able to kind of, you know, push Japan out of China, uh, push the Germans and the Italians kind of, you know, out of parts of India. 
he was able to sort of start training them and to fly. And he said he just remembers like one of the most hum like the worst thing was that half the people that he was training, they had to rush. They were rushing them along so fast. He's like, he's like, yeah, um, half the people I, I was training, I knew that I was never going to see you again. So I rarely bothered to, you know, really get on first name basis for them. I was just told to teach them the basics. He tried to go, you know, above and beyond, try to really teach them stuff. But at that point in the war, it was just, you know, you had all the planes, but it was tough to find pilots just because so many were uh, going down at that time. So that's a very kind of intense and really somber uh, sort of story mm. that he had that always kind of stuck with me that in war, like, it's just kind of insane when you get to that point. You have the supplies, but you know, like the manpower is just being treated as that supply. You train them up to a certain point, send them out there and a lot of them don't come back. It's, it's nuts. So I don't have a, a great way yeah. to segment yeah. out of that. Sorry, of everyone, course, but, but <laughs> I was intrigued. So what I had done before the show started is I asked these two, I'm like, Hey, any, anything you got since like, yeah, oh, I got stuff to share. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't know what direction it's going to go, <laughs> but, um, Hey, I, yeah. you know, I've heard some stories. Um, I was formerly in army cadets, uh, here in Toronto, uh, cadets, Canada, uh, Great five years, six years, kept me on track with being a decent individual. It's, it was right around that time when I was like 12, 13, so you're kind of figuring out what you kind of are and who are as a person. And that was one thing that kept me in line. And the stories I've heard are, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 I, I can't describe it. Um, those are the stories that like I've heard too. And like, there's probably other ones that we haven't heard of that I haven't heard. And it's, it's crazy how, how war was and how everything was then and that by god i hope to heavens nothing crazy like that happens ever again there's stuff there's stuff happening right now but i just i just want everyone to be happy i don't want to yeah. have lose family members for <clears throat> someone else's i don't want other people being pawns in someone else's game that makes any sense and we shall leave it at that and go to our final viewer question here again this time out this comes from hibs gaming new listener love the podcast a hey. hey. uh, have you tried franchise hockey manager at all and if so what are your thoughts on it now uh long time supporters of mine will know that i um have been affiliated essentially uh with the people behind the fhm series for the past couple of years uh no word on whether or not there'll be a code toogie for that but hey we'll find out very very soon um, yeah, no, FHM is a phenomenal PC-based uh, NHL manager or hockey manager sim. Like, literally, it's in the name. Um, for those who don't know, it's not, and I will give them the free publicity with or without the code because they've been great people to work with. Uh, but essentially, it's kind of what a lot of people wish the EA NHL franchise mode was. Like, oh, do you want to control a team in the KHL and play in the KHL with accurate KHL rules and everything like that? Okay, cool, you can do that. Do you want to be in the ECHL? Cool, you can do that. Like, the the amount of variety just in a modern-day setup is crazy, but then the real selling point for it for me is the fact that you can go back to any year between 1918, last I knew, and modern day and play really? in the NHL with accurate rosters, with accurate rules for the time. You can control whether or not the 67 expansion happens the way that it happened. Or, you know, the, the if Minnesota joins the league when they did. It's ridiculous. And it is a game that 
you can sink an unbelievable amount of time into. <laughs> it's it's unreal. I highly recommend everyone check it out. Now is a uh, a great time to get on board. Um, FHM eight just came out uh, at the end of last week. Uh, it is at franchise hockey on Twitter. Uh, boys, I don't know if you guys have, have played anything with it beyond maybe checking out the, the streams when I've been able to play it. Yeah, but uh, I haven't yeah, actually. Yeah. I've we'll I've watched part of it. Um, some of what you've done to me, it all. I don't know. It's it seemed to have a lot of in depth. It was almost kind of uh, intimidating for me to sort of get into just with how in depth uh-huh. it was. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm that into all the kind of bells and whistles on that. That being said, I did really like the a lot of the ops. You know the. Uh, the customization that 2K has. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I would be actually into Franchise Hockey Manager. Eventually, I'll just have to purchase it and try it out uh, instead of like looking at it and being overwhelmed by it. But yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I would say for some people who are coming from EHL. If you look at it the first time, it's like it can be a lot. You're like, holy shit, that's a lot to manage. And yeah. Yeah, most of it just watching the streams. I'm like, this is a lot. And you break it down so easily. And I'm like, I can't. I'm just going to... I'm just going to watch this and be entertained. It it took me a while to get used to it, and they have made it a little bit easier in terms of, like, navigation. But, yeah, there's there's a lot. There is a a lot to that that particular game. But, yeah, highly recommend everyone check it out. That said, again, thank you guys for sending in those questions. Again, you know the deal. Twitter, Discord, you want to get your questions in. With that, I say, oh, so joyously, boys. There's nothing overly major to talk about, right? Like, there's still a lot of things that have settled down in terms of general topics. Like, the I mentioned this to, to Sin before we started recording. Like, hey, where's an update in regards to, like, oh, what's going on? Like, the Kyle Beach stuff. A lot of that is, has, I don't want to say simmered down, but there aren't the continued breaking developments that we've seen over the past two weeks. Um, really, the only update to any story is that that high school in Pennsylvania where the people were or the students were, you know, essentially verbally abusing, uh, you know, a young girl who was playing goaltender for one of the teams. Like, hey, yeah, guess what? They've, they've been reprimanded for that, as you would expect. So thank God common sense prevails there. There really hasn't been too much there. So we're going to be able to go straight into kind of the day by day as we do. And I want to take us back to the long, long ago of Thursday, which feels like it was seven years ago already. I don't know what's going on. But Thursday's games, highlighted by the Bruins beating the Detroit Red Wings 5-1. Patrice Bergeron, my captain, scores four goals, his first four of the season. He scored a natural hat-trick of power play goals. God, it makes me feel so much better to remember that. And then they lost to the Leafs on Saturday. We'll talk about that later. Um, Lucas Raymond scored his his fifth of the year as well for the Red Wings. Like he's he's ridiculous. We missed an important but point. After Bergeron got we? those four goals, he immediately whipped his cock out and began stroking it, as per <laughs> Jumbo Joe said. Is sorry. <laughs> oh my God, the the infamous hurdle. How long, dude? That hurdle. That quote was from like 2013, wasn't it? Dude, it was when Hurdle's 19. He's 26 now, or 25. <laughs> yeah, oh my right, God. right. How time oh is a no. It time doesn't matter. It's insane. Oh God, time is a concept invented. <laughs> oh God, Endo's 
Endo's in his early to mid twenties, we'll say. I mean, you said it before. You're 23. Yeah. Like I'm 27. Oh my god, he was a, he was 15 essentially. Yeah, I was a little 15. I was a little yeah. fucking shit disturbed when I was 15. He's like, fuck yeah, baby. Cock yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like just the idea yeah. of just what even is time? Like we're not the oldest oh, group of people in the world here, but God, we're old. Fuck, I graduated five years ago. <sighs> Don't say that, because then I'll have to say ten, and then Sin will be like, well, it was this long ago for me, and then someone, like, shout out to, like, Coco or Neely or some of the other boomers, like Deke Slayer or Crash Andrews, will be like, ah, kids, shut ah, up. <laughs> so. Youth. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. Now, I, w- I was going to leave this uh, a little bit later on, but I had just seen this as well. Um, shout out to Tuka Rask, who was uh, at Warrior Ice Arena. Oh. Which is the Bruins practice, uh, practice facility? He was there today, working out on the ice. He's coming back, everybody, back, yeah. and it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. The Bruins are gonna have three, you know, fantastic goaltenders. The only thing that scares me, of course, is that Linus Allmark is signed for a couple of years after this, so this might be Tuca's last ride. But I still love him, yeah. uh, regardless. Swayman I love might, Swayman probably the odd, well, has to be the odd man out. Get some more development time, huh? <laughs> Yeah. How's he, how's he looked? Yeah, I don't know his numbers. So. What's his, what is he looking like? So last I knew, and here's the thing, I'll uh, I'll double check this because of the events of Saturday. Last I knew, Swayman was kind of rocking a, a 900 save percentage, which uh, wasn't phenomenal. I mean, it was ridiculous, though, because in here I'm still trying to bring up the stats. It was ridiculous, though, because in the... The, you know, the games he got last year, he had such a high save percentage that even with that 900, he was still over like a career 930. Wow. Stupid. Uh, he has, yeah, still a 900 save percentage in four games. Okay. But he had a 945 in the 10 games he played last year. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the guy's still 22 years old, right? So Yeah, some, some development wouldn't hurt him, I don't think. Yeah, like you send him down to Providence, let him kind of hopefully carry like a Calder Cup run. Things would uh, things would be looking pretty good, yeah. but yeah, Patrice Bergeron's the man. Also on Thursday, the Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Tampa Bay Lightning two to one in overtime. John Tavares scored his fourth goal of the year. William Nylander his fifth in the OT winner. I'd say though, even more so than the fact that like core and key Maple Leafs players are heating up. Uh, this game was kind of highlighted by Mitch Marner getting destroyed by Mikhail Sergachev. Like, he got hooked by Hedman, and then Sergachev came in with a blindside hit that uh, resulted in a two-game suspension for him. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised it was only two games, but, you know, it's getting to that point where it's like, hey, at least... It, I hate to say at least they did something. That's where we're at. Because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, until, until the idea of, you know, mandatory minimums for head contact kind of chip in. At least there was something there. The Leafs end up winning the game as well. And I don't know if you recall anything too much from this past Thursday. This That game was so stupidly dramatic. You have no idea. We wait till the last 30 seconds to score a goal. And then Willie Stiles puts one in the back of the net. I'm supposed to be happy right now. But the fact that it, everything we do with this goddamn team is a damn, like, it's 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 a drama. Like, we, we already filmed all or nothing. We don't need to have everything be a spectacle. It is ridiculous. All or nothing again. again. <laughs> <laughs> the buds are back for all or nothing. <laughs> all oh or nothing. Just call it mulligan. <laughs> call it mulligan. 
Uh, so, God, Sin, unless you got anything else to add, I, I want to get into more of the craziness of Thursday. Oh, I was going to talk about the hit a little bit. Go for it. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Um, it's a really bad hit. Yep. And mm. I'm glad it was punished. I think the I think part of the reason is only two game is because the lack of injury, which is another thing that I want to touch on. Um, can we stop penalizing based on results or dishing out punishment based on results? Like it's kind of that kind of defeats the whole purpose, in my opinion. Of it's this is supposed to the, the punishments that they allow are supposed to be more preventative measures. I feel at least I feel like that's that's how it should be. You're supposed to like, hey, don't fucking do this, or you're gonna get suspended for five games and. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it was yeah. a bad hit. I can't believe I saw people out there trying to rationalize it. Oh, he got shoulder. That was like the cleanest shoulder to face I've ever seen. And people were really trying to say he got shoulder. Anyway, it's That's just- always the common defense, though, is everyone being like, well, he got shoulder. It's like, yeah, well, he also got a good part of Mitch Marner's skull. Yeah. Like, yep. and it's kind of the problem. He yeah. just got my, my opinion is, like, even if it's like, oh, shoulder contact first and then it goes up to the head, it's still head contact. Yeah. But I get that the rules are written as principal point of contact and shit like that. But I think we can all agree the way a lot of rules are written within the NHL are absurd. Because there's way too much interpretation. It's all like goalie interference. None of us still know what the fuck it is. Oh, we'll be talking about that in a little bit oh, from the wait. Panthers-Hurricanes game. We'll be talking yeah, about that. There's one thing I also love about yeah, that, just to, just to go on that for a real quick second. Toronto Media talked about how Mitch Marner got brand new teeth that same day. And then he gets an elbow to the face. Everyone's like, oh, no, his teeth. What do we here to <laughs> care about? about? Is his teeth or his sanity of his fucking brain? His brain. Yeah. <laughs> you can go polish your pearly whites. Yeah, try coming back from a fucking concussion. Concussion. Thank you. Why do you get teeth already? Like, I would just leave him out till the season's going. Be, a, be Burns, man. He's got to look good. See, that? that's <laughs> yeah. the problem with you. He's got to look, look good Leafs, for those... For those intact insurance commercials he keeps filming in the offseason. <laughs> He's got to look good. Oh, is that, is that the new one? Yeah, intact. It's intact so insurance. I always hear how absurd it is about certain Leafs players having these sponsorships. Is it really that crazy? It's so stupid. It is, huh? Yeah. And they're like talking like, about I mean, because the joke it. used to be like, oh, yeah, Sidney Crosby has bread commercials. And then it evolved into like every Leafs ever has some sort of ad spot. Like, here's Justin Hall for Hall's Fruit Breezers or some shit. When we signed uh, John Tavares, he was on a um, a coconut, like, juice, like, commercial. Or whatever like the, the day after? Was. Yeah, coconut milk. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm like, when I think of coconut milk, I don't think of John Tavares, captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think of coconuts. Not... <laughs> Not him. <laughs> yeah, but you know you gotta refuel and rebuild chocolate coconut milk. Chocolate <laughs> coconut milk. Yeah, you remember that, that Parise? Sounds... Uh, was I think it was Zach Parise his chocolate milk commercial? Oh, no? oh my god! Oh, oh okay. I no, I think it was that Zach Parise. I, wasn't it? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to hear from all of you that are listening. Your most absurd example of. Hockey player sponsorship. I want to know what's the most ridiculous used one? car dealership. I found the it. The thug hates bad prices. So I found it. It's <laughs> it's like it's a Gatorade's two green coconut water, two hipster chocolate milk, hockey fuel. Because he partnered with milk, just just milk. He partnered with big dairy. 
Zach Parise, <laughs> big dairy fan, big dairy partnership. Let's go. Oh, God, the big dairy conspiracies in. Uh, also on Thursday, the New York Islanders beat the Habs 6-2. to two. It was Jesus Christ. Uh, you know what's more absurd than Patrice Bergeron scoring four goals? The fact that Brock Nelson scored four goals, too, on the same goddamn day. Uh, Brock Nelson has six goals in the year to that point. Wallstrom scored his fifth that day. Uh, dude, two players Elite. score. And we almost had three. We'll talk about that. But two players on the same day both scoring four goals in a game. It's it's ridiculous. Like, how does that happen? That's insane. Uh, yeah, That's it's crazy. And one of them wasn't Ovechkin, and it's not ten years right? ago. It like, it's Bertrand and Brock Nelson. It doesn't oh. make sense. That's like a Crosby Ovechkin thing you'd expect to see from like 2010. Um, should note as well because we're going to talk about them later too. Nick Suzuki, Tyler Toffoli, each scored just their second goals of the season. This was their twelfth game of the year. Mm-hmm. Suzuki and Toffoli have two goals at that point on the year. And I just want to point out quietly that Wallstrom with that fifth goal is kind of making a making a storm. People almost started to give mm-hmm. up on this guy. And I've been one of his biggest proponents that he could be an elite goal scorer. And, well, Habs fans, Caulfield's down in the AHL. Wallstrom has five on the year. How do you like me now? Never, ever going to start <laughs> stop tooting my own horn. Can't stop me. A little bit of an age difference there, but I yeah, do love, but I'm, I, I do know, I know, so I know. There's an age difference, but still, like twenty, like was he twenty two, twenty two or twenty three? Yeah, hope he's twenty. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, five goals. He's looking good. I'm, I'm very happy for him. Good, get another American born in there, taking a, uh, getting some stuff done. Another game on Thursday night, and I'm excited for this one. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Ottawa Senators 5-1. to uh, Jonathan Marcheseau scored two goals in that game. He doubled up his uh, total on the season. He has four. But Brady Kachuk scored his second of the season, and he was named the new team captain of the Sens. He is the 10th captain in Ottawa Senators history, which leads us back to one of my favorite segments, Can You Name the Captains? We'll come up with a better name eventually, but Sin and I did this before with the likes of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I believe the Nashville Predators, and now it is back. Endo is here to take part. Boys, the 10 captains in Sen's team history. Obviously, you have the gimme of Brady Kachuk, which all, we could talk about the Brady Kachuk deal first and foremost, I guess, before we really get into this quiz. I mean, he's 22. He just signed that new extension. They kind of had no choice but to go all in, right? Like, you really have no choice. Like, his production might not be where you want it to be, but he's 22. You had to pay him. You might as well name him team captain. It's him or Thomas Shabbat. And I guess the idea is Brady Kachuk is our talented douchebag of a captain. Douchebag on ice, Mm -hmm. which could also be an episode title. I don't know if that passed (laughs) the filters. Um, I, I don't hate the decision. I don't. I'm on the fence about it. It's just for the fact that he held out for so long. Um, it's kind of awkward to name him captain immediately. Um, just because I, I, I think that's fair. I just kind of wonder what kind of precedent and example that sets for the organization. Like, yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't. It's not not some not not to like hate on him. Get your money. Get your bag. Do your thing. We know Otto was cheap as fuck. Look what they did to Stone. <laughs> you know. Um, it. 
Yeah, I don't. It just seems weird. Like I, I don't know. You, you always hear uh, captain, you know, team friendly contracts, all that kind of stuff. Or they win a couple cups and then get the ten million. Like Taves, the I mean, his leadership is you know obviously in question now. Anyway, uh-huh. but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I do like the kind of player Brady Kachuk is. I do see that as a captain kind of player. He needs to work on his finishing. By God, um, glad he got a second. But yeah, it's just it was just kind of interesting to me i do think he has that sort of in him but i i, I would have waited a bit i would have really waited a bit on him just because of the holdout thing um that's me personally though i can't disagree yeah i'm not gonna so, talk on my rival fuck the sense there you go <laughs> well you gotta talk about him right now in the it. sense of the team captains because again chuck was named captain kachuk was named captain he's their first captain after three seasons of having no captains so, boys, the nine other captains in Sens history. Who do you got? I know one of them spats up for sure. Correct. Only one season, by the way. Mm-hmm. Alfredson. Jason Spezza have the captaincy. Daniel Alfredson was captain from 1999-2000 to 2012-2013. He was replaced by Spezza. Yeah. Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson, four seasons as team captain. Um, so you have the four, more, uh, four, four most recent in Kachuk, Carlson, Spezza, and Alfie, which means we're back to the 98-99 season already. Yeah, good luck, boys. I, I got no um, fucking clue. Was Alexei Yashin ever a captain? Yes, okay. he was the captain in 98-99 for one season. And before that, oof. This is... Holy shit, if you get any of these names. <laughs> before that, uh, Kriva Krapsov? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm no. just throwing out names good for that attempt, era. Though. <laughs> so, uh, from 94 to 98... The captain of the team, and I'm gonna try to give I hints. I, I don't think pl- even I don't think name. player hints would help, but I mean, he played for the Penguins. He was a Whaler for a while. Lol. He moved into coaching, and uh, let's see, he was an assistant coach with the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, a midseason, he was for half a season the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens from 2011 to 2012 oh God, he's was French. not re- not remembered uh prominently not french he's from Etobicoke Ontario <laughs> that's why he was there for half a season <laughs> yeah like, uh-huh. he cannot speak the language uh, <laughs> yeah so for four seasons the head coach of the Ottawa Senators Randy Cunnyworth wait what he was the captain yeah. Well, I don't even know that I don't know name. if I said coach, but yeah, he was the captain of the Sens for four seasons. Yeah, I, I'm not going to know any of these us. names. So I, me- to I remember our first... watching the video. I remember watching, they had the video where they showed all the captains. I think it was like Brad Shaw or something. He was a captain at one point. You, you had to have looked that no, up. There's fuck no fucking you. way. No, I saw the so, fucking video. I'll link it. In 93-94, the Sens, and this is why they have ten captains. In 93-94, three players wore the C. What? For the Sens, one of which was Bradshaw, yeah. uh, which again I cannot fucking believe that um, Bradshaw, who went on to uh, be an assistant coach for the St. Louis Blues for many many years and the Columbus Blue Jackets, he is currently an assistant coach with the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> so Bradshaw is one of them. There are three other players who have worn the C for the Sens. There's just no way <laughs> that you guys are going to get these. Wade Redden? Um, no, he was way after that time. No. He was, yeah, he was after that. Uh, so the first is Gord Deneen. 
who uh yeah this, again this hockey no, yet. <laughs> it's former gm head coach of the making whoopee of the ECHI. <laughs> what? Former assistant coach of the Portland Pirates for one year. Uh, the Iowa Chops. The Toronto. He was with the Toronto Marlies for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, and even now is a uh, Div 3 NCAA assistant coach as a volunteer for Hobart College. What a name. Hobart. I don't know what they are in terms of like their team name. Let's just call them the Badgers. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Uh, the other two... Uh, and the final one from that 93-94 season is a former fourth-round pick of the Calgary Flames in 1982. Former Oiler, Flyer, Hab, Houston, Arrow, Calgary. Jesus Christ, Fucking he played journey, for a lot man. of people. Uh, yeah, and uh, right now, if you're a fan of the WHL, you might know who this is because... Uh, since 2009, he has been the GM head coach of either the Swift Current Broncos or currently with the Prince George Cougars, Mark Lamb. Yeah. Hmm. So Gord Deneen, Bradshaw, Mark Lamb all wore the C in 93-94. That was their expansion year? No, no. That was their second year. Yeah, that's right. The expansion captain. Former first-round pick, ninth overall of the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1979. Went on to play with the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, and the New Jersey Devils. Captain the Sens in his final season. Had 16 points in 70 games with God, 101 Jesus. penalty minutes. He must have been a real leader for sure. Oh, Laurie Boshman. Yeah. Oh, Laurie Boshman. I listened to like an Who interview. Who we were with, looking for. Yeah, with like the first coach of the Senators, and he was just talking about how horrible they were. And I remember that name now, but I couldn't fucking guess that. First of all, it's an Eastern Conference team. Hmm? Didn't they fuck up their expansion draft or something like that? Or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the Sens. I mean, they had horrible, horrible options and yeah. still completely botched that expansion draft. Yeah, but fair play to Endo getting Brad Shaw. I mean, I feel like, obviously, like Alfie, Spezza, Carlson. Those are the easy ones. I After that, to say Yashin, yeah. that's a fairly tough one, I would say. I, I mean, because, again. Used to trade for him like, in NHL 2000 all the time. Yeah, I mean, good player, but was he the captain? For one season, he was. And then, yeah, like Cunnyworth, Deneen, Shaw, Lamb, and Boshman. Those are None tough those, if you're yeah. not Sens fans. Those are very, very tough. Yeah. So, hey. That was in my, like, long, like my short-term memory because they released a video and it showed, like, every single captain for, like, for the Senators and it ended with Brady at the end. So I, I kind of cheated in the sense that it was really new knowledge to me. And I linked the, Still, to retain the name Brad Shaw is yeah. impressive. I mean, <laughs> so. Shaw is the parent company of my phone of my phone provider, Freedom. So. Um, there you go. I just thought, oh, uh, Freedom, Shaw, Brad Shaw, <laughs> fuck, okay. Brad Shaw. Bradley Shaw. It's Brad Shaw. Uh, aside from that, uh, also on Thursday, we'll move on. That was fun. We'll have to do uh, another team. What team do you want to see next? Let us know. Uh, as Endo sent us the the tweet of the the captain's thing, by the way, from November fifth. So hey, you retained Bradshaw's name for three days. That's fairly impressive. Yeah. Uh, no disrespect, Brad. That's as long as he was relevant <laughs> as a captain during that year. Oof. There you go. Uh, the Florida Panthers beat the Washington Caps five four in overtime on Thursday. Uh, Connor McMichael scored his first NHL goal, which is cool as hell. I've rated that kid highly for a few years now. But Ovi scored his tenth. He became the third player in NHL history to post 18-plus points in the first 10 games of a season, age 36 or older. I bet you most of those people have were, haven't played well, in like World two War decades. II veterans, probably. 
Uh, <laughs> I was just going to well, say. Well, no, it probably was least, Gretzky era, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. It's been at least two decades since someone's done that. Probably three. It, God, that, this or is maybe ridiculous. even four that because was, we're in the 2020s and I still feel like we're not. <laughs> right? Yeah, you want to do it? Oh, yeah. A, two a decade decades ago. ago. Oh, 2002. A decade ago was 2002. <sighs> yeah. We're old. Yes. Um, Ovi scored on that goal his 740th career goal. He is two behind Brett Hull uh, to pass him for fourth on the all-time goal scoring list. Ridiculous. Yeah. He's getting that. Just ridiculous. Yeah. For the Panthers as well in that game, uh, Sasha Barkov scored his sixth and seventh of the year. Aaron Ekblad has four goals already too, That's which insane. is nuts. He's on yeah. a... He's on a revenge tour and a half. It's it, one of the biggest what ifs in Florida Panthers history. I think is what if Aaron Eckblad wasn't hurt last year when they took on Tampa? Because yeah. as much as some Lightning fans might not want to admit it, it, and again, every team has injuries. You deal with what it is. It's not like it's an asterisk on the cup. The Florida Panthers with Aaron Eckblad very, very well could have won that opening oh, yeah. round series against the Lightning. They could have. Man, I wonder how but, Ekblad has gone through like so much injury trouble, man. I remember when he came in from Barry and was drafted, like he he was like so high. Like everyone was so high on this guy and unfortunately injuries slowed him down and people are like kind of forgetting about him, but I you can't. Like also he's in Florida, so it's easy to forget about him, but yeah, he's he's so good. Like and he's such a good two-way defenseman that I mean, he ain't going to put up 80 points, but man is he can he drive an offense? He has a shot, and he's very, very, very good in his own end. I mean, I think you, I think you nailed it yeah. there. Uh, the Penguins beat the Flyers three to two in overtime. No real notables from this game aside from the fact that the Penguins, despite injuries, COVID, all this other stuff, like they're four three and two. At least they were as of Thursday. Yeah. They just they just keep doing what they do. It's ridiculous. Uh, Dallas beat Calgary 4-3 in overtime on Thursday as well. Matthew Kachuk, uh, the highlight of this game, scores his fifth goal of the season and also gets fined 5K for high-sticking Junklinburg. <laughs> the Matthew Kachuk experience. That's the most Matthew Kachuk thing ever, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Like you, you could not ask for like a more stereotypical performance for better and for worse, That's as the, it turns the out. Matthew Kachuk hat, hat trick. He's got a score get fined and <laughs> punch someone in the face. There you go. And I mentioned earlier as well that there was a chance for three players to score four goals. It brings us to the Kraken Sabres game. The Kraken did win 5-2. to two. Jordan Eberle, short of four, ends up with the first hat trick in Kraken history. Uh, he has five goals on the season. There was a reason why I bought a Jordan Eberle Kraken he's, jersey. He's going for it, man. Like He's, yeah. he's having a nice little comeback. I mean, in general, the Kraken have been a weird team, and we'll talk about a certain loss uh, that they had coming up here. But, it, you know, you see signs of positive like this, and then there's some negative that that ends up there as well. Uh, for the Sabres, though, Tage Thompson, Kyle Pozo, both have three goals on the air. Shout out to Kyle Pozo. I'm not saying this to take shots, but I'm glad he's healthy and playing hockey at yeah. the moment because that certainly didn't look like it would be the case heading into this year. I think a lot of people were saying that maybe he was uh, LTIR bait sometime soon so uh dude and Hayden Fleury I don't know if you guys remember the specific play he had this like sick defensive moment where there was someone like he's on the ice on his side and facing his back was a player with the puck he has Fleury on the ice has his stick over his like head 
and windshield wipers it and knocks away a pass like out of midair. I'll have to look it, at it. Call it a fluke if you want, but it was a really sick play. Feel free to look up me. Hayden Flurry on Twitter I, to find that I, one. I was... love some good-ass defensive play, so I'm definitely looking that one up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was awesome. Uh, and the final game, uh, oh, I hate to bring it up, Sam, yeah, on, nah, on Thursday. Needs to be done. St. Louis Blues moved to 7-1-1 one, one at that point. They beat the Sharks 5-3. to three. Brandon Saad had two goals. Uh, highlights for the Sharks. Brent Burns got his first. Logan Couture's fourth. And uh, Nick Merkley, who, again, was kind of an attack on. Mm-hmm. Not related to Ryan Merkley, by the way. Uh, but Nick Merkley scored his first goal as a Shark. Just a very, very chaotic game that was well within reach of the Sharks to win. And they... It's you know it's not having their main roster starting to catch up to them. You're you're now playing these top of the line teams, St. Louis Blues, who are gonna make you pay for mistakes, and a young, inexperienced, and thin roster is gonna make some mistakes. And it's just one of those games. The Sharks, it was it was winnable, and you hate to drop those ones, especially not even getting a point out of it. But that just goes to show you, like, you know, when you are only having two of your normal defensemen in the lineup, that's uh, kind of what can happen there. But yeah, Aiden Hill has. Uh, Last few outings have not been entirely great, so he's probably going to fall back into more of a uh, 1B scenario for this season as he hopefully continues to develop because he is kind of our our best long-term option right now besides Melnichuk and some of the other guys we got. But those, you know, goalie prospects are so weird, you never know how they're going to end up. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, you know, we, we had some questions over the Blues, and uh, they continue to do well. Yeah. Yeah, I think is the... Uh, the best way to describe it at this point. We'll move on to Friday. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets beat the Chicago Blackhawks 5-1. to one. Kyle Connor watch. Eight goals on the year now for Kyle Connor. I refuse to let him be underrated by anybody else anymore. I will mention Kyle Connor at every possible moment. He's unreal. And then we uh, we get into the underrated, overrated conversation. <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. This is what everyone was waiting for. The Edmonton Oilers move to 9-1 on the season. They beat the New York Rangers 6-5 in overtime. For the Rangers, uh, Chris Kreider scored his eighth of the year. Ridiculous, because of Banajad, uh, similar story. He doubled his total, two goals. He now has four on the year. For the Oilers, oh, let's see. Zach Hyman scored his seventh of the year. Just to infuriate Endo, who's well, definitely not talking to his girlfriend yeah. right now. <laughs> Yessi Pugliarvi scored his fourth and fifth of the year. He's on pace for 98 points, by the way. Leon Dreisaitl scored his tenth of the year for an OT winner. Uh, Oilers power play dominant as ever. I think that's, you know, we can breeze over that to, to get to the main meat and potatoes of this conversation. Reds Rebels asks, overreactions in the NHL after 10 games? That brings me to Connor McDavid's goal on Friday night. As he scored with three minutes left, his eighth of the season, in what has been deemed a goal of the year contender, if not the greatest goal of all time, or you have someone like me who defines it as a great goal. Now, let let me say this again to to wrap up the talk about the Oilers. Look, they've won nine out of ten games uh, of this season. That's the first time they've ever done that. They never won nine out of ten with Gretzky, Messier, but they've done it now. This goal for McDavid... I caught some flack on Twitter by saying I didn't know, or at least my initial reaction was that it wasn't this slam dunk goal of the year. The reason I say that is I'm streaming at the time, and all of a sudden, chat blows up. Oh my god, this is an incredible goal, you gotta see what Connor McDavid did. 
when people freak out that much about a Connor McDavid goal, I am legitimately expecting the best goal I've ever seen in my life. Because the bar is so high for an amazing Connor McDavid goal because he is the best hockey player in the world. And in terms of freak NHL talents, yes, he is already in that conversation as maybe the best, in air quotes there, player of all time. Depends on your definition of stuff. Maybe the most talented. Maybe not the best player. He's maybe the most talented. So I watch this goal. And the first thing I notice isn't so much that Connor McDavid went through four people. Air quotes on that again. It's more so that four Rangers players fell asleep. The argument is always going to be, well, did they get caught because McDavid's acceleration is superhuman? Yeah. It's a great goal. Am I too far towards the negative side? Maybe. Are some people who call it the best goal of all time being a little bit hyperbolic, perhaps? Or is maybe it is. Maybe they're new and they've missed some of the great goals that have been scored over the years. Maybe it is the best goal they've ever seen. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? But my biggest takeaway from that play was that Kevin Rooney literally did nothing. I don't think that's due to the acceleration. So immediately for me, I'm like, well, he went through like three people tops. You had a poke check from the back. I don't know who it was from. One poke check that he was out of distance to get. So for me, it's more that Connor McDavid shredded Patrick Nemeth and Jacob Truba. But it was almost an ESHL goal where Jacob Truba poked the puck, but he poked it ahead and Connor McDavid was the one to get it. So maybe Eshel's realistic. Maybe that's why I didn't think this was the best goal I'd ever seen. I still don't know. It's a great goal. It is probably a goal of the year contender. I just don't know if it's a slam dunk. Like, again, the bar is so high for McDavid. I talked about the crazy Mitch Marner goal uh, from the last show against Vegas that I, I was stunned by. Like, that was a crazy goal. Maybe it's because, again, expectations for Marner, McDavid. I don't know, man. Your takes yes, on this goal I, because Sin Sin called me a Debbie Downer in response, and uh, you might not be wrong. That was kind of funny. <laughs> you might not be wrong. I don't know. It's just, it's a great goal. I just don't feel. I don't feel like I'm trying to be contrarian. I just didn't see it. My initial reaction wasn't holy shit. Like I didn't jump out of my chair like other people were. I I don't know. Yeah, I got I got to disagree with you a little bit. Um, I won't I won't go ahead and say a greatest goal scored of all time because. That stuff needs to stop getting thrown around like that. In the same, it's it's starting to become like generational talent where we're throwing it around too much and it's starting to lose its meaning. Relax on that. It's it's a phenomenal goal. It has to be a goal of the year candidate for the sole purpose of. I will sort of you know say that as as someone who appreciates defense as an offensive player, maybe they could have done more, such as play the body. But the fact is, McDavid is so fast and so slippery. That it, if you try to put a body on him, you could do you could kind of end up doing more harm than good at times. What they did was try to collapse around him and limit his time and space, which is sometimes the better option while trying to stick check him. The fact is, two people. I mean, you mentioned the poke that Truba got on the puck. There were two more that hit his stick as well that he's able to kind of shrug off with his quick hands. The way he just will lift his stick, get back in the puck, lift his stick again, lift like he's just his hands are just so quick. Combine that with always moving his feet. That's why I think it's it's one of the better goals because it's like, yeah, they look like they're standing around. But I also think that's part of what McDavid brings to the table is that he does things so quick. And also, let's let's be honest. Who the fuck is expecting him 
to go take on four Rangers all by himself, like out of nowhere. I think he even took them by surprise, which could kind of, you know, have led to some of their, I don't know, you know, indecision to play the body or try to, you know, hit him or something like that. But the fact is, in my opinion, it's still incredible. His reaction afterwards also said he he didn't know he was going to score, which to me is even more hilarious that he still was like, he's like, yeah, I got the puck. Oh, there's four guys over there. Yeah, I'm going to try to go through them all and put the puck in the back of the net. And to me, that's like the most insane part about him is that he doesn't like his mind doesn't work the same as ours. I look forward. I see four white jerseys. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, I don't know, wait for some support, you know, dump and chase something. But he's just like, I'm going to do it. Like he just, it's, it's almost like it's a second nature thing. He just does it and he'll figure out when he gets there and he's got the hands, he's got the speed, he's got this, the raw talent to do it. And I, I said it in, in, a, in a quote tweet, I'm like, we may very well be watching the most talented hockey player to ever lace up. And I really think we are. It's obviously different from best player alive. I think the most raw talent and pure skill out there is is Connor McDavid. It's just absolutely insane. So, yeah, I think it's a goal of the year contender. There's a lot of hockey left to play, so I'm not going to say pack it in goal of the year immediately. Like we've seen some great ones already. We're still very early, but yeah, that that to me was just absolutely insane. And as a defensive player, I think part of the reason you look like you're doing nothing is just because he's that good. And no. Um, yeah, I think you need uh, to get your prescription checked because that was a pretty good goal. Um, goal, See, was goal nice of the about fucking it. century. Goal, the goal, the goal, of the century. No, no. One of the best goals of the season. Yeah, but it's been like what 10, 12 games. Not really anything extreme. Mm. That's a goal that you only see like certain players get. Connor McDavid. Fuck, maybe Kucherov, maybe even McKinnon, but like that's that right there is a patented Connor McDavid moment. It, it may not go down as the goal of the year, but it's going to go down as one of his, if not already, top goals because he's just he's just a human highlight reel, and uh, I don't think it's the greatest goal ever scored, but I do think it's a very good goal. Yeah, I think. And now everyone go ratio Tuki some more. Yeah, yeah let's <laughs> right, go. pretty much. I mean, you know, again, it's just it's it's one of those things where my expectations for McDavid are maybe. Yeah, a and I kind of get that. For me, I saw the video immediately. Uh, I didn't get yeah, hyped like, up I, by Twitch, so I can, you came into it with a different perspective, and I can kind of understand right. that. Like, I get the idea of like, oh, probably only Connor McDavid could score that particular goal the way he did, right? Like, the confidence to be like, I'm fucking going for it, and the speed and the hands to pull it off. Like I said, though, it's like, it was almost it was almost overhyped to me, and instead of had I just been watching the game and seen it in real time. So I do think that kind of that kind of skewed my uh, my opinion there right. a little bit. Just goes uh, to show you guys, so. don't listen to Twitch chat. They're fucking yeah. morons. <laughs> <laughs> don't read chat. Don't listen to chat. Okay, I just looked it over right now because I was curious. So he enters when he re-enters the zone. He catches Jacob, Jacob Truba off foot, like completely, like because he tries to go forward. And he, he 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 sees it coming in. And he gets caught yeah. like flat-footed. Sorry. And then Poe comes in from the top guy on the right. Don't know who that is yet. Goes through. The one thing that McDavid does and that a, that a lot of kids are learning now when you stick handle is that when you you don't have to only control the puck. You can fuck around with Buddy's stick and send that stick flying if you really want to. That's uh, one thing that I've I watched a lot of Pavel Bar 
and that's a really good example for someone who's like a master at stick handling and puck possession. He he coaches that when you use your stick handling, you can use your stick to deflect the stick other way and stuff like that. And he does that a lot in some of his moves. I think over here he deflects um, the last defenseman's stick out of the way. Yeah, because yeah, he gets caught and he lifts it up and goes over. Yeah, to yeah that, that's what I was talking about. He's always constantly like just flicking his wrists up to almost like keep the puck moving, but like also to avoid the stick checks or like like you said, deflect them. Like it's yeah. like parrying and fucking for honor. Exactly. So like he keeps it like halfway. It's kind of like halfway above the ice and halfway on yeah. the ice. So that way he's he's versatile in both manners. So if a guy tries to come in, he can easily just move their stick out of the way and then maybe like use his angling on his skates to like angle himself away with the puck as well. I guess just the way I view it, four on one, by definition, it's god-awful defense to allow a goal in that situation. Well, I get... That it takes Connor McDavid doing what he did to have it result in a goal. It, it's both. It is a, it's a great McDavid goal, but it is also horrific defense. Oh yeah. And I my my brain immediately went to holy hell. Like perfect example. If Endo and I are on defense and randomly Sin's playing forward in Isho for some reason, <laughs> Sin, Sin's the one forward up the ice. Us other four are back. I put up three fingers for a second. If us other four are back and we allow that goal, Sin turns off his Xbox and goes home because of bad defense. Tell me I'm wrong. Okay. You, but yes. However, <laughs> yeah. But that's also video. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, okay. I can see that perspective. But at the same time, yes, if a goal is scored – in a four-on-one situation that's usually bad defense, but I'll put an asterisk. However, if Connor McDavid is involved, you might have also just seen something special. So I do think there's a possibility okay. of the combination, but I don't think it's I don't think anyone's scoring that goal. I think only only Connor McDavid's scoring that goal. May, like maybe McKinnon, but even then, I don't think he's got the same hands that yeah. McDavid does. Yeah. Okay. I just looked back over. I was trying to figure out who number seven or seventeen was. Kevin Rooney was two mm -hmm. inches away from Carter McDavid going through the ice. He was the guy on the right-hand side, too, like right on top right. If he yeah. gave a single poke check or an effort, the whole play could have been done. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to blame Kevin Rooney. I agree. There you go. Because <laughs> once I look it down, like, like if you look at it from like a like a like a glance, it's like, oh sweet, Carter McDavid goal. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I think look look it down. One guy got caught flat-footed. That's on him. But the, your your man is on is that the on ice. him though? Is it on him? Right, if, you're, if you're positioning four and four and one, and McDavid at, on a split second decision decides to come at you in full speed, that's not just on you for getting caught flat footed. You're getting caught flat footed because of the speed and the acceleration of someone cutting into the zone like that and trying to split four guys. So yeah, yeah okay. So Kevin Rooney, he fucks up. He doesn't do anything again. You still beat three guys. Yeah. It, you can't blame it on Kevin Rooney when three other guys are there. So we can't say in one in one breath. Oh, it's shitty defense, but then oh, you got to blame one guy. I blame Kevin. It's, defi of how it's definitely close both because of how close he was to Connor. Right. Like he's. But I will right say, none of them bodied him. Yeah, and, none yeah. of them. Right. Like, well, yeah. okay. So my my final point on this, right, is that it takes someone like Connor McDavid, best player in the world, to, to pull that off. But you can also look at the defense, and that's what I tend to focus on, and say, okay, yes, part of it is you didn't get him because it's Connor McDavid, but the other part of it is for the love of God. Somebody chop him down, slash, take a penalty, do anything other than what they did. 
essentially. It's a great goal. Is it a goal of the year contender? I think I've softened my stance. It is a goal of the year contender. Will it win goal of the year for a lot of people? Yes. Jury's still out for me. We'll see. It's fucking 10 games in. I think in the in. playoffs, they, they hack at him, and then they don't get called. I think that goal doesn't happen in the playoffs because the way they, they don't call the rule book. Dude, as it is, the standard of officiating, I saw this. I don't have the chart in front of me. As it is already, remember how hypervigilant yes. referees mm-hmm. were at the it's start already of the season? Dropping, yeah, yeah it's, ar- it's already, it's already nosedived yeah. in terms of how they're calling so slashing and cross-checking and shit like yeah. that. Um, we'll, we'll move on. Cause again, this, this, you, you see what this we conversation is forth forever on this. I know I will say the idea that this goal can be debated this heavily does make it a great goal. Bare minimum, like bare minimum. Yeah. Like the fact that you can converse as to whether or not, Oh, is it a great goal? We're is it a goal of the year? It is it a frame timer? Frame. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. If, if we're dissecting something frame by frame, it's pretty fucking special. Fair enough. Uh, also, uh, on, uh, yeah, Friday, uh, Nashville beat Vancouver 3-2. to two. Uh, Matt Duchesne, shockingly playing good hockey this year, quietly. Like, nobody... Yeah, five goals. Nobody, I didn't nobody's know. rating Nashville all that highly right now, so I'm not going to say nobody cares, but they're 6-5, and five, at least they were as of this game, and Matt Duchesne's been good. Been very good. Uh, and for Vancouver, Brock Besser scored his third of the year, uh, sending UC Saros' jock to the stratosphere. Uh, on an in tight goal. You want to talk about bad defense? No one was covering Brock Besser on that play, so maybe there's that example. Um, and Nils Hoaglander scored his first of the year. He's been uh, a little bit quiet in the goal scoring category, but he's woken up. Tomasino for Nashville, by the way, has three. I'm already kind of a little bit down on being like, hey, the rookie race, because let's be honest, it's uh, it's the two Detroit rookies and everybody else. Yeah. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking about them again in a minute. Uh, the Ducks beat... Uh, Arizona three to one. That at the time pushed Arizona to 0-10 and one on the season. Ghost Bears played really good so far this season, to be honest. Especially for literally nothing that the Coyotes had to give up to get him. Uh, and Adam Henrique has five goals for the Ducks this year after being put on waivers last year because of how bad his contract is viewed. Uh, but good for him to be playing some decent hockey. And to wrap up Friday, Kings beat the Devils three to two in overtime. Zaka has five goals because. Okay. Uh, Kempe and Kalia each scored three. Yafalo has five goals on the season now as well. So, again, the Kings getting some goal scoring uh, because, of course, they are. And it moves us to Saturday. Kind of breezed through Friday because there was more to talk about from Saturday. Uh, Tampa beat Ottawa 5-3. Brady Kachuk scored his third goal of the year in that. Steven Stamkos, I think, quietly has six goals. I mean, I feel like people are just tired about hyping up Tampa yeah. <laughs> at this point. But then we get to the other big conversation because the McDavid conversation wasn't enough. The Florida Panthers moved to 10-0-1 on the season by beating the Carolina Hurricanes, giving them their first loss of the season. They're down to 9-1-0. It was a 5-2 victory for the Cats. Uh, the Hurricanes had not given up more than three goals in a game. They gave up four goals in the first period alone to the Panthers. Uh, we'll talk about the big moment in the second because it did happen in the first, but to talk about the rest of the game really quickly, uh, Jesper Foss for Carolina has five goals. Like, okay. Uh, and then Duclair scored his seventh and eighth of the season. God, I Anthony wanted the Duclair. to pick him up. Fuck. Anthony Duclair has been great <sighs> for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, He's on a dirt cheap deal, too. Pretty much, yeah. The big moment of the game came in the first period as Ryan Lomberg uh, was assessed, I do believe, a match penalty. I might be getting the wording wrong there, but essentially penalized for the fact that he is in a foot race with a Panthers player. 
Auntie Maranta comes sprinting out of the goal to play the puck, and Lomberg ultimately, yes, does end up having, you know, contact with the head of Auntie Maranta, who gets hurt on the play. My opinion of this has not changed, whereas the McDavid goal, like, yes, I, I've softened my stance a little bit. Uh, I can't, I, I never called, I still can't help but say it, but the McDavid goal, I never said it was a bad goal, uh, just that my focus is where elsewhere. This, though, has, I, I still have the same opinion. This is Auntie Ranta's fault. Yeah. Ryan Lomberg, and I don't know who the Panthers, or excuse me, who the uh, Hurricanes player was that he was in a foot race with. Like, they're going for the puck. They're shoulder to shoulder. Lomberg wins the race to the puck. What is he supposed to do? Because, again, Sin talks about uh, really the, and I'm trying to think of the the right word here. Uh, I'm going to go with ambiguity of the rules. Ranta is charging towards the puck. Is Ryan Lomberg supposed to give up on the play because the goalie's coming out? No. That's not in the rules, at least not that I know of. Ronta, though, as a left-hander, comes out, drops down to a knee to try and get enough behind the attempt to chip the buck, uh, the, the puck towards the boards. There we go, if not the glass. I, I fail to see how this is Ryan Lomberg's fault. You could even tell at the end he tried to get out of the way. He won the race to the puck. He beat Ranta to the puck. If anything, he poke-checked it into Ranta's stick. I'm sorry, Ryan Lomberg did absolutely nothing wrong here, and I'm not saying goalies are fair game to steam train, but man, after what happened with Lucic and Miller a, almost a decade ago, you still haven't clarified this. I I don't have an issue and, whatsoever with what Ryan Lomberg did. No, and and what what Lucic and Miller happened that was completely different that was man on goalie and and miller had already gotten the puck way the fuck out it wasn't that they were colliding and the puck was being played at the same time lomberg again he he doesn't have to slow up he's got the same rights to attack the game and attack the puck as everyone else does in that situation if the goalie wants to you know come out and do that that's gotta be the risk you take you can't come out there thinking that you're fucking in um invulnerable out there or all all protected Mm -hmm. because collisions happen in hockey that's the nature of the game and yeah um unfortunately Lomberg actually trying to get out of the way probably made it worse than it was and made the head contact even more direct which again sucks and it kind of demonizes him he did the right thing in every single sense of the play he fought hard Mm -hmm. he skated hard for the puck he won the battle he tried to avoid the contact but unfortunately Mm -hmm. that's what actually made it worse um, I don't think they've DLPS has looked at it at all. I hope not. They uh, were as far as I know, it was just like the, the five in the game, the penalty that was involved, and that was that Good. was it. Okay, and yeah, and the, but then but now I question what is the point of the reviews? <laughs> because if I'm a ref and I'm looking at that and I'm reviewing, if I'm going to review the five minute major, I'm like, this isn't really his fault. This wasn't intentional. And he wasn't even it's it's different than a player, because if you don't intend to hit someone in the head, but you hit him in the head, it's still head check. But this is not that it's a goaltender. So, again, yeah, you mentioned it. A lot of gray area when it comes to the rules in this case. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think Lumberg did anything wrong. Maybe having him taken out of the game is a good way to keep it under control. As you mentioned, the score being what it was, the Hurricanes being, you know, pissed about, you know, no longer going to be undefeated and whatnot. And 
someone takes out your goalie, that guy's going to have a target on his back the rest of the game. You want to keep it under control. I can get it from that point. But yeah, Lumberg didn't do anything wrong right there. And on Toronto, it's unfortunate, but he literally put himself in that position. That's the definition of putting yourself in a vulnerable position. It's essentially, and I'll turn it to you in a second here, but it's essentially the idea of, oh, well, the player has to to back out of the play, but the goalie doesn't. That's a dangerous precedent to set in hockey. Yeah, I completely agree. Endo, your thoughts on this? So um, I was taught that your crease is where you are. Uh, That's your your home. Treat your home as you will. Uh, Protect your home. You're too good for your home? Yeah, basically. (laughs) So anytime you leave that crease or that net area, it is fair game. It is completely, you are putting yourself vulnerable and out there. Uh, I think the, the it's, it's funny to say this, but the play that made me want to become a goalie was when Dominic Hasek tr- like charged that. I don't remember who it was, but um, he just he completely that charged at a player and flipped them over. Yeah. That was the play I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a goalie because I want to do that. And then I started playing position. I'm like, shit. If I do that, I could I could die. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing too is their goalie coach Jason Mazzotti. He needs to calm down his goalies. This is the second goaltender from the organization who's gone out of the net and got into an injury. First one was Mrazek. Now it's now it's Ranta. Like, what what are you what are you doing? What are you teaching these guys? Oh, just play it old school. I I don't get the idea too of. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to presume, obviously, it was Ranta's decision in the moment, but even for Auntie Ranta, it's like, you have a history of injuries. Yeah. And, and you decided to risk it on that play yeah. when you're, and I get it, it's a really fast game. Mm-hmm. Hindsight's 2020, But, you know, it didn't look like his player was going to lose the foot race to the puck. Like, you yeah. talk about risk-reward, it's just... What was the reward? And uh, was the reward of successfully knocking it away that much worse or you know that much better or worth it presuming your player loses the foot race to the puck yeah even if he does you have a body there it's not going to be one-on-one with the goaltender you had a guy and he had inside position your defender had inside position he could feasibly keep that shooter to the outside it didn't it didn't make logical sense but i will say if we are kind of done making points about the play itself um gentlemen yeah yeah i mean Um, i just want to shout out brindamore for saying, yeah, he's probably got a concussion. I want people to talk about concussions. I want coach to say in, in situations, yes, concussion. Because yeah. hmm. we always say, have this upper body injury and we're so got this air of mystery. My team is one of the worst about keeping these injuries all private, never talking about concussions and shit like that. And I, I, I we need, it needs to be said. And I don't, you know, it's again, it's not that it was the fault of Lomberg and not that I, I think he should feel bad. It's just, we need to talk about concussions because it's a game that we're trying to get rid of it. And yeah, in this situation, it's again, it's not necessarily on, on Lumberg, but yeah, it's to maybe discourage fucking goaltenders from doing that. It's again, risk reward, man. That wasn't nearly worth it. Yeah. I mean, again, you have two players, one from each side barreling towards the puck and it's just, it was uh, a bad, uh, bad decision yep. made by Ranta uh, with very unfortunate results. Again, obviously, we're hoping he's okay, and if he is hurt, that he's back soon. But, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I do blame the NHL in part because of, 
how lax the rules are and how they're written in regards to plays like this that we've seen happen a couple of times now. And I think, again, you leave too much up to interpretation. Stuff like this can ultimately happen. Um, a couple other talking points that we have here from uh, the weekend as well. Uh, the Islanders beat the Jets 2 to nothing. Ilya Sorokin has, uh, Sorokin has another shutout, which is ridiculous. I think that's three or four yeah, on the season already. Uh, Brock Nelson scored again in that game for his seventh. Anders Lee only has two goals. He's been a little bit, Surprising. at least in terms of the goal scoring department, he's been a little bit slow coming back from a season-ending injury last year, talking about, hey, what could have been different if teams were healthy? What might the Islanders have been able to do? Uh, the Detroit Red Wings beat the Buffalo Sabres 4-3 in overtime, highlighted by Tyler Bertuzzi. Seventh and eighth goals uh, on the year. God damn it. Uh, again, Easy way to get people to forget about yeah. uh, questionable decisions, we'll say. Uh, and Moritz Sider scored his first NHL goal. It was the OT winner in that particular game. Like I said, in terms of the rookie race, it's Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider and then everybody else. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you put it in there. I did want to talk about a couple other rookies. Uh, is now a good time or should we table that? For no, no. Go later? ahead. Okay. Uh, since we're on the subject of Detroit, Obviously, Moritz Sider and uh, Jesus Christ. If Lucas you're going Raymond. towards a certain shark rookie, no, I do have no. that marked down for later. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm t- I want to talk about the Rangers, and I want to talk about Capo Caco mm. and Alexis Lafreniere. Um, yeah. What is going on? What, five points between them? Four points between the two of them? Uh, it's not good. an official number for you there. They, and I think the, they're both in the same draft years as Raymond and cider again you can always say hindsight 2020 but here's the thing that i don't understand it's uh for, for the record sorry to cut you off no. caco no points in eight games Jeez. lafreniere with four points in 12 good lord like i remember caco being hyped up to all hell and i don't think he's spent i don't think i think they just kept playing him nhl right he never went back to europe he never did ahl stuff and correct i don't um, yeah he he didn't even play last year in Finland from the looks of it. He didn't God. split time, at least according to Cap Friendly. I don't know how it happens, but if like all these like Kappa was pretty piped up. Lafreniere, he was, you know, huge, huge pick. This number one guy and the guy. Yeah. And I As much as people now are saying, like, oh well no, like Shane Wright and Connor Bedard are the guys. Like, let, let's be honest here. Lafreniere was being hyped was, up as I heard Crosby comparisons. I heard Crosby comparisons because he's coming mm-hmm. out of the queue. Like, it's true. He's yeah. not doing anything. And I wonder if it's partially in, in part with the Rangers organization. They seem to have this really, really bad track record of sucking the confidence and the performances out of some of their younger guys. And I'm, um, these two are, are the biggest ones, but I mean, I remember Kravtsov for a while was looked at going to be, you know, this really, you know, big, uh, Two, two goals for Vitaly Kravtsov in his first game back in the KHL, by the way. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. So, it's, again, <laughs> like, what is it about the Rangers organization that just seems to sap the the skill out of, out of these guys, out of these younger guys? And I don't know what it is. And if they're not utilizing them properly, if they're not giving them the kind of confidence. But honestly, with Kako, I think they, they developed him incredibly poorly and – you know, yeah. you can look to 
I guess <laughs> another per- another person who people said shouldn't be sent back, but I'm saying yes, you send him back because look what can happen if you if you try to rush a player along, and maybe they're not quite ready. And Capo Caco, I think, just has zero confidence right now. And yeah, maybe it's, it's I'm pretty sure he's. I think he's been good defensively, but obviously, like you don't. He's what second you overall. Don't look for him, yeah, yeah, second overall to be this defensive no. stalwart. Like you look, have a good I mean, two way game, but we need points. Like, yeah, this is his third season. He has forty points in one hundred and twenty two games. Mm. Minus twenty five. Mm. Again, plus minus isn't great, but if you're a minus twenty five in one hundred twenty two games, that is an indicator that you're struggling and are likely on a bad team as well. So. I don't disagree because, I mean, you look at the younger players in the Rangers. Like, when Mika Zibanejad was acquired, I mean, he's 28 now. Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, they didn't necessarily have to directly develop him. Yeah, as he's a talent. already on track. So, you know, you're looking, I mean, like, Philip Heedle as well. Like, he has three points in 12 games this year. He's 22. So, I mean, you could put him in the same category as a former first-round pick. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, I guess you look at Adam Fox as the exception to the rule, but it's like, okay, well, Adam Fox didn't get rushed age 20, to the NHL. Right? He, yeah. yeah, I mean, he spent, what, two years at Harvard? Three years at Harvard? I mean, he had time to season yeah. in the NCAA for a while. It's it's worth the question. I, I agree, because, hey, how far are the New York Rangers going to go if Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere can't really find that high level game. I mean, hey, they're both 20 years old. You know, it's not a it's not a ship is sinking situation yet, but it's a little bit concerning because I mean, as everyone kind of knows, like when they when they won the lottery to get Lafreniere number 1 overall, people were laughing like, "Oh my god, this team, they didn't even need it. Now they're they're over the top." Yep. And yeah, they're still young, but we also see players that are in that age group that have figured it out a little bit faster yeah and it's also is that tough. down to the players is that down to the team yeah like the bright lights in new york is so much media presence as well like that's mm-hmm. intimidating to kind of come into especially uh i mean lafayette probably a bit more used to it coming out of the you know the quebec side of things but for capo caco i mean god damn <laughs> i just remember I mean, his first one hello wow. i love this city like he wow. looks so uncomfortable in front of the camera i can't imagine what that's that kind of hype or and that kind of pressure on him, it's and without the results to back it up, I feel bad for him. And I don't, I, I just don't think he was put on the proper development track to succeed. Yeah. I think they rushed him along, well, and yeah. So for Lafreniere, right? Like I'm looking at the 2020 draft class stats for this year. Lafreniere is fifth in points. Yeah. With Jamie Drysdale of Anaheim, who is a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, ahead of Lafreniere in terms of points right now, Tim Stutzla, Dawson Mercer on New Jersey, uh, Anton Lindell, and Lucas Raymond. Yeah. Like, even if you go off of points per game, like Lafreniere sixth, he has a points per game total that matches Yegor Chinnikov. And remember, Chinnikov in that draft, people were like, who the hell is Yegor Chinnikov? <laughs> yeah, and-, and he has the same point per game. Granted, it's, we're only like 10 games into the season. Chinnikov's played less than 10 games. Oh, my God. Chinnikov. But that's that's where we're at. And if you want to look as well at, at Capocacco, uh, there are 25 players from the 2019 draft that have played at least a game this season. Obviously, Kako has no points. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jack Hughes only played two games and had three points in that time, but... 
Dude, even Bowen Byram, I know he's on Colorado, but he's a defenseman that has eight points in ten games. Yeah, that's that's the Moritz other... Sider has ten points in thirteen games. Kaliev, Arta Kaliev, who slipped to the second round, if I'm not mistaken, on the Kings, has five points in ten games. He's on the Kings. What's what's wrong? I, I, was, I agree. It's worth pointing out. I was just gonna bring that up. It's like it's not like the Rangers are suffering for talent. It's not like they have, you know, not a lot of offensive talent on their roster. They got Adam Fox. They got um, because of Benajad, they have Artemi Panarin. I mean, and Chris Kreider's looking good again. It's like, it's not like this. This was hailed as, you know, this, they're going to start being, being a contender. You know, that's, that's the kind of skill level that they are starting to bring. They have an incredible, uh, dare I say, on the verge of being an elite goaltender. If he's not already there, they need those young guys to produce. This is the time where you want to be capitalizing on those ELC years and start to load up. And if that's just kind of crazy, I think the one person on that first lift, first list you lifted, uh, listed, goddamn. Um, who has maybe a more talented roster is Lundell, and that's the only one I could say with a, a without a shadow of a doubt is on a more talented roster than uh, Lafreniere's. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. it. It's bizarre, and it's yeah, it's just I, I I saw that stat like four points combined between them and like twenty something between uh, Cider and Raymond. Good God, yeah. I think the so, one issue with um, Laugh uh, was because of the pandemic. They they couldn't send. I didn't think they they had an issue where they couldn't send him down. They didn't want to send him down, so they brought him up for the year. And like he played decent in the first year. It took a while to get ready, but now he's just. I don't want to say he's off of a cliff, but just, just I think it's just the city and the, everything and the pressure. Maybe I'd be getting to them. I mean, like you even said, Capocaco stood there as like, wow, I like it here. It is big city and like yeah. all that. He's Russian so, now. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was like, "Wow, it's a very big city." <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he was. Poor guy, it's so bad. Everyone was just like, "Blink twice if uh, if you're not being held being held up." Yeah. <laughs> so with that, um, yeah, a fair point in terms of other talking points as well, because there's uh, there's enough out there. Uh, the Leafs beat the Bruins five two on Saturday. Uh, it was actually, I do believe, Sheldon Keefe's first ever game that he coached against the Bruins as head coach of the Leafs because of how crazy the world's been. What? Uh, and he gets a win there. Yeah. 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 No. The last time the Leafs played the Bruins, but Playoffs, I believe Mike though. Babcock was still the head coach. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. yeah that would have been right. Because that's, yeah. That, that was, yeah. Because okay. they played the Blue Jackets in the yeah. playoffs, then they missed the playoffs, or the, there's the North Division stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, that's technically, weird. they missed the playoffs with that's losing to the Blue Jackets. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so I call them pasta. Each scored their third goal of the year, but the story of this is that hey, the Leafs are the the key players are heating up. Yeah, right. Like Tavares scored his fifth and sixth on the year. Matthews his fourth and fifth. Marner got his third. Mitch Marner has eleven points in his last five games. He had one point in his first eleven. You seven. say? Yeah. Shut up, Sin. Eleven Shut million. Up. Sorry. So the Leafs are really heating up. At least the stars are. Um, the downside being that Peter Morazic's out for a month of the groin injury. Yeah. Um, Endo, your your thoughts on I guess the Leafs after Saturday? I mean, obviously, anytime they beat the Bruins, it's cause for celebration for that fan base. About time. Um, let's get to the playoffs. That's basically going to be it. like they. I'm glad that they're finally gelling and working as a team. Uh, that was one of the biggest issues that I saw is that you'd have Austin out there basically working his ass off, getting pissed off that the team's not really doing anything. And you have Willie cleaning up the mess, and it would be just it would be just him, Willie. It'll be Austin, Willie, and what's what's his fucking name? Uh, the captain, 
No. Sp- oh. Spencer too. Fuck, I didn't even forget about fucking Jaden Spencer. The most underpaid player on that team right now is Jason Spezza. He has put up more effort, more contribution to that team than what what everyone else has done so far. Um, I'm just glad they're working together. Uh, Jack Campbell needs a fucking stake. He needs to be treated to hell on a pedestal because he's doing fucking amazing. I hope to God the fan base and the media does not run him out of town because that is a great overall teammate and person to have on the locker room and on the ice. I will point out one thing that worries me about Toronto. I'm glad that the stars are heating up. Matthews and Elander getting me tons and tons of fantasy points. But (laughs) you at beginning the season, your depth is scoring. Your depth is doing the thing. Now at this point, your stars are scoring. When will both the depth and your top six be able to produce and contribute at the same time? Because it seems to almost go in waves. It's, yep. And that's, I think, comes with some of your playoff kind of um, faltering. It's that need, they both can't get going at the same time. They can both be bad at the same time, but I've never seen it where the depth and the top players on the Leafs are contributing in, in, at the same time and, and pulling in the same way. I've, I don't know. Is, is that just, you know, some recency bias? and Or I don't know. I just feel like I've never seen that, like, with the Leafs, not all of the kind of wheels turning at the same time. Yeah, it's a big issue that they've they have to fix. That's why I said I'm not gonna hold them into a high regard until we get to the playoffs. Until we get after the first round, then maybe I'll start tooting this horn a little bit more. Yep. But until then, I'm tired of disappointment. I'm tired of being let down. And I already said on this podcast that if they do not get out of the first round, I'm not gonna be a Leaf fan. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, also on Saturday, the Golden Knights beat the Habs five to two. Uh, this was a game where Montreal outshot Vegas twenty to one in Lol. the first period, and they ended and up losing five to two. Lol, Habs! Holy hell! I mean, what can you even say to that? Meme, oh I God. mean, complete meme team, again. man. Yeah. Oh, dude. So uh, okay. So for Vegas, like March or so, Stevenson each have five goals on the year. Now that's good. Suzuki and Toffoli both scored in this game as well. They now have three on the year. Uh, I believe this was the game as well where Mike Hoffman smashed his stick after an empty netter. <laughs> it might have been the other game, and then he got body checked by the M boards. That was uh, <laughs> <laughs> not Mike Hoffman's <laughs> finest moment. The only thing for the Habs, right, is that Carey Price is coming back. I think he officially returned to the team today. But, my God. like So here's the thing. If this team makes the playoffs, it is 100% on Carey Price this time out. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. There have been other times where people have said, the team is trash and it's all Carey Price. And then you look at some of the numbers and you're like, okay, that's that's just, uh, you, you know, you're, you're trying to boost Carey up a little bit too much and not giving this team enough credit. Yeah. Well, you got when he's clear making 10 this- and a half million. It is very clear that this team at three and ten is just not clicking. Yeah. If they can turn this around, it's a, it's Carey Price that that's done it. I mean, unless again, like Carey ends up with like a nine oh five save percentage, but then the team figures it out. But I mean, Dom Ducharme hasn't been the head coach for very long. Mark Bergevin as well. I mean, he's been around for a long time. Like, what what gives? What gives? Right. Because the Habs, you know few months removed from a Stanley Cup Finals appearance, they're 3-10. and Carey Price doesn't have a very strong rest of November. 
makes you wonder if Ducharme and even Mark Bergevin are around by the time the calendar hits 2022. This is why you do not rush the rebuild. I feel like they did that, and it's not working. <laughs> it's really not working. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the the, can- the North Division was probably the biggest opportunity for a franchise to like get that like cusp of getting to the cup because of how everything went with um, with COVID and everything, and how a Canadian team hasn't really been to the final in how many years, or let alone won one since like fucking before I was even born. Uh, <laughs> sorry to age you guys a little bit. Well, no, I mean I have the Habs have never won a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. I was either, two, so, so it doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> right, it's ninety two, right? Ninety three. I was three. Fine. There, oh, there you go. Um, I could talk. <laughs> I've actually talked to some Habs fans after a, a skate on Saturday, like live reacting to the game because we're just in the chilling in the park drinking some beer, and uh, just they were just like, we're done. We can't. Like, like, what do we do? We we get Carey Price back. Send them back. We don't want him. Just just tank. Let's just whatever. It's over. It's done. And like, it's November. You guys are worse than Leaf fans freaking out saying the end is nigh. My, uh, about the situation that we were in like last week when we couldn't win a game and Mark producing and eleven million was going to drain and yada yada yada. I think that if Price does come back, well, he's, he's he is coming back now. Um, it's either going to be like a really rocky road for him, and they were mostly talking about his legacy and his overall and his numbers. I'm like, you either feel bad for him, feel bad for Mark Andre, who's getting absolutely just hounded in Chicago. Poor guy. It's a cool helmet, but poor honestly, guy. I don't. What's the timeline on price though? Because I can't imagine that he was really in hockey shape for the last bit of time as he went into the player assistance thing. I still think it's probably going to take him some time to start being inserted into the lineup, right? You would think, and hopefully he doesn't get pressured to step right back in. Yeah. But that, yeah, that could be worse. the case. I mean, worse. this is a, it'll be interesting to see how that whole situation's handled. Um, to wrap up uh, Saturday, well, actually, God, we still have so much to talk about. Yeah. Here. God, yeah. We'll try to we'll try to breeze through some of the less important stuff. Uh, Minnesota beat Pittsburgh five four in a shootout. Gasparri Kapanen had a hat trick Yay. for his first three goals of the year, and they still lost. Uh, the Flyers beat the Caps. Uh, Sean Couturier's fifth goal of the year was the game winner. Anthony Mantha ends up uh, having soldier, soul shoulder surgery. Shush, shush, shush. Man, since I really brother. can't talk today. Dude, Samantha's out. Verona's out. The trade looked like it was working out for both Detroit and Washington, but my God, neither guy can yeah. stay healthy right now. It's, yeah. so it's very sad. Yeah, I had to drop Mantha. That was that was sucked. I just came out of nowhere, it seemed like. I was just, he was doing so good. And then all of a sudden, that just sucks, like, really, for both of these teams, man. Like, that was one of the more even trades with the result that was happening. And it's just, yeah, unfortunate. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Avs 4-2. Uh, highlighted by the fact that Cole Sillinger scored his fourth goal of the year. Uh, Bjorkstrand has five, still one of the most underrated players in the uh, in the league. Uh, Columbus's 7-3 and three start is tied for their best start in franchise history. This is after trading Seth Jones and everyone expecting them to be terrible. Uh, but one of the downsides, Patrick Laine is going to miss four to six weeks with an oblique strain. So he's on IR. He wasn't dominant, but it looked like maybe he was starting to find his groove a little bit. And now he's hurt as well. So very untimely injuries continuing to yeah. be a problem. 
Any takes on that before we talk about this ridiculous? No, I'm already laughing at the next one. No. It had to be the, the Coyotes win their first game of the season, beating the Kraken 5-4. Jordan Eberle has six goals for the Kraken, but in this game, Lawson Krause scored his third. Shout out to Phil Kessel with two goals now. Poor guy. Third period, Mark Giordano ties the game at four apiece, 18-42 into the third. 13 seconds later, Lawson Kraus scored his second of the game, his fourth of the year, and ultimately the game winner after a brutal turnover from Adam Larson. So the Oats win their first. Winning goaltender, Scott Wedgwood. Wedgwood. This is the second time he has done this. He is the only goalie in NHL history to snap two 11-game winless streaks. Scott Wedgwood is the answer. He is the ultimate slump buster. It's unreal because his numbers, by the way, were atrocious. And then even in this game, he still allowed four goals and he gets the win. So Scott Wedgwood is uh, voodoo, I think is the best way to put it. And uh, poor Seattle. (laughs) What can you even say to to losing a game in that fashion? Rough. That's about it. But lol, it had to be the Kraken, didn't it? (laughs) To be the first team to lose. Sin's on to something, man. Like, Vegas got all the favoritism because the Kraken are getting boned in so many yeah. different ways. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's a conspiracy. Ah. Oh, God. They're putting uh, goddamn chemicals in the water. No, just kidding. All right. <laughs> Turn the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? Bubble tea? So, the Kraken. Endo, you're not muted. Oh, shit. The Kraken. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I got bubbles here. I'm going to flex on y'all. Fuck it. There you go. The Kraken uh, revealed the uh, AHL team name and colors. Sin, I want your opinion on this. <laughs> the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Coachella the AHL sucks club. this year. <laughs> Shout out to Eric what Andre. what the fuck is up, Coach- yeah. Coachella? <laughs> um, I like the weird... logo. The Coachella Valley name, though, is, is interesting. Because obviously the, the term Coachella is so identifiable of one one thing obviously and it's the festival so it's just yeah it's it's a bit of a weird one to overlook huh <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing. firebirds why firebirds there's no note of phoenixes anymore you uncultured swine um <laughs> <laughs> the coachella valley moltresses as they the were poke team. the coachella poke team oh, oh man oh man just Jews in spanish zapdos <laughs> the funniest thing about this was it's Coachella. My first thought was like when they have their their inaugural game, they just have a hologram of Tupac on the ice. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck is up, Coachella? <laughs> like he's, gonna, his, he's gonna drop his, a new album somehow when they when they make their <laughs> debut. I picked the wrong time to take a drink there. Oh. God. Um as well, Flames beat the Rangers on Saturday six to nothing. Just picking the picking what was left, the vultures, known as the Calgary Flames, picking what was whatever meat was left on the bone after Connor McDavid eviscerated them. Uh, it was another shutout for Markstrom. He is now one of the very few. We have goaltenders to record four shutouts within their team's first eleven games of the season. Since the NHL introduced the red line, 43-44 is the caveat. So again, four shutouts in 11 games. He joins Jacques Plante, Bernie Parent, Pascal Leclerc, and now Jacob Markstrom. So, Shout out to Pascal Leclerc, 07-08 Blue Jackets. So it literally every, all of them are French until uh, 
Markstrom. Yeah. Good mm. job. Quebec's losing yeah. their shit right now. God. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, by the way, to speak of him, yeah, he scored his sixth of the year on the sweep between the legs goal. Um, highlight of this game above the shutout, Adam Fox was booed by Flames fans. <laughs> For absolutely owning them. <laughs> I mean, I get being mad that the Norris winner didn't uh, didn't stay, but also chanting, you suck, to the reigning Norris winner at 23 years old. It's a look, but their team won. That's Canada, baby. But, um... <laughs> Oh, God. Interesting. And then we get to the final game on Saturday. We'll breeze through Sunday, too. But the Devils beat the Sharks 3-2 in a shootout. Jonathan Dolan did score his fifth of the year in the loss. But I think it's in the biggest highlight of the weekend for the Sharks is the fact that William Eklund was indeed Mm -hmm. sent back over to Sweden. Yeah, and we talked about this a bit at length on, I think, the last episode or maybe the one before that. Um, And, again, I... It's a tough decision to make, but this is the right decision. And again, I'm going to bring up Capo Caco as why you do not rush them along. I don't care the flashes of greatness that you see. He wasn't ready. And you could plainly see that at times. He would lose a puck battle. He would, you know, maybe not make a, a great decision. A couple soft passes here and there. He feels like he's ready. He was disappointed as hell. Very emotional. And honestly... I look at that as a plus. A lot of people are, you know, get in their own feelings about it and be like, oh, he deserves to be here. Like, motherfuckers, it's hockey, son. Like, you got to stand up to the grueling 82-game schedule from a physical standpoint, which he's not ready for, as well as a mental standpoint, which, in my opinion, he's not quite ready for. But this is going to be an important, important part of his development, and this is the right development track. As well, it also saves the organization a shit ton of money. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, that's the main reason they did it. I think that's part of it. But really, um, again, only having those four assists in the nine games that he played isn't enough. It's not a big enough impact to warrant keeping him in the top six on that roster because that's where you have to play him. With his build size, with what he's bringing to the table right now, can't really be a third, fourth line guy with power play time. It's That's not what you want out of him. Send him back to Jurgarden where he'll get first line time most likely, a chance to dig that team out of the ditch that they're in right now. I think they're 13th out of 14th teams there. Um, yeah, so I know I probably get a lot of hate for, for that opinion among Sharks fans who all think he should stay up and know oh, this team's doing it to tank. It's like it, they're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And, and with the evidence pr- uh, presented in the situation that they're in, besides we can't, you know, if, if he was the rookie this year, we can't, you know, Dolan and Eklund can't both win the Calder guys. All right. So. Dolan's got to win it this year. Eklund can do it next year. <laughs> you mean to tell you mean to tell Wings fans that Raymond and uh, Cider both can't win it? Don't oh, they should that. though. Can Don't can they split it? <laughs> really should should they? can they fucking split it? Because they're so good. I and I, oh I and I and I know I'm the weird one for saying Cider should win it over him because he's playing against the top like goddamn lines and he's still. I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards that as well. I mean, man, you want to side like if a defenseman's that goddamn impressive. I mean, come on now. You know they kind of deserve a. A bit of an extra shout out there. God, again, Iserman, um, what the fuck? This guy doesn't miss. Like, everyone's yeah, like, that was who? A- who? The more it's who? Like, this guy was projected to the second round or whatever, whenever he was projected. It was like, I feel like it was almost he was projected second round or something wild like that. Um, I think or at it least might in have the been 20s or something weird. later, later, um, later first. Okay. But regardless, I mean, yeah, like that, that'll. I mean, if Moritz Sider continues at this trajectory, right? Like, you look at the reactions the uh, in in the arena at the time that that happened, because Dylan Cousins, Philip Broberg, uh, Trevor Zegras, Paul Colson, 
Spencer Knight, like all these guys, Cole Caulfield. I mean, God, that 2019 draft. You look at who's still there, and he goes for this German kid, Moritz Seider. And it's Steve Eisenman's world, and we're all just living in it. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to Sunday here, because, again, the show's actually ended up running much longer than I would have thought. Uh, the Wings uh, won again. They beat the Golden Knights 5-2. to two. Uh, Lucas Raymond scored his sixth of the year. Bertuzzi his ninth. Uh, shout out to Vladislav Nemesnikov. His goal count watch. He has five. There was a question from Joe. When is it okay to say that your team is decent? Team meaning the Red Wings. They're decent. They're not. A, they're not a shit show. I don't expect the Red Wings to make the playoffs. But this is what you were hoping for. This is that hope stage. <laughs> and maybe you pull a Maple Leafs and make the playoffs and lose to Washington in the first round a year or so earlier than you thought. And no, I'm not saying that to hate. I'm not. Think about how awesome that was for Leafs fans. Was how so fucking cool. excited you guys were. You're like, holy shit, we're in the playoffs. Oh my god, we could have won that series. And yeah, it's been downhill ever since. Now you can look <laughs> at me that way. But, like, again, like it's the wings have turned the corner. You know, it's still probably a couple years away, you would think. Or if you're like the Leafs, you're still five plus years away. But at the end of the day, you're, you know, you have turned the corner. The Red Wings are decent. So I don't think anyone's going to uh, disagree with that. I think that the Chicago Blackhawks, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that the, the, the part, place where they're in right now is they've carved out their identity. They are a tough team to beat. And that's the next step after being the bottom feeding mm-hmm. rebuilder. Once you get start getting that young talent, once you start getting that core, and you get you get the buy in, you get the mentality. All of a sudden, you're a tough team to play against. Teams aren't you know you're not looking at them anymore as if you drop a game to this team you fucking suck. It's like yo, they're they're getting good, and you got to watch out for them. And that's a good place to be as a as a Red Wings fan. See, so, yeah, I'm I'm on the board. Yeah, right now, get excited. The Chicago Blackhawks won just their second game of the season, beating the Nashville Predators 2-1 in overtime. Dabrinkit's seventh for an O-team winner. Brandon Hagel scored his fourth of the year. Uh, before this, though, the Blackhawks had officially dismissed head coach Jeremy Colleton. Uh, interim coach Derek King was on the bench for this game. I mean, long overdue, right? I don't really know how much of a talking point this is for us, but Colleton had a really unfortunate tenure. Like, he never had a full season. He was a midseason replacement. There was the pause the full COVID season, and then he was fired. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, not saying he deserved longer because it really didn't look like he was the guy for the job, but at the end of the day, trash. you know, finally, finally they make this decision to get rid of Jeremy Carlton. And, kept yeah, scratching Strom, and now <laughs> Strom is a solid, I don't I don't get why he kept fourth line or scratching Strom. Goddamn. I mean... I, I don't think any of us have an answer for that necessarily. So I'll be intrigued to see if uh, I think it was Derek King, if he sticks around or where else they might go. Babcock. Because who knows? Why not? But, go uh, for Babcock, but, double down <laughs> on being shitty. So I didn't even want to say his name, but can the media fucking stop giving him attention? Redemption for Babcock. He, he's Sorry, learned something. Media. He literally says in the fucking article, yeah, Mitch Marner played well for Mike Babcock. He always refers to himself in the third person like he's the fucking rock. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> he is a piece of shit. Leave Mike Babcock out of hockey. We are moving on. Have you not learned anything? A couple years from now, it's going to be, oh, well, Joe Quinville still legend. Let's give him the fuck Joe Quinville. Fuck Mike Babcock. Leave them the fuck out of the sport. I'm done. Yep. Society I'm has done. evolved past the need for Mike Babcock. Holy shit. Has the man even apologized no. to Johan Franzen? I fucking doubt it. You know, Mike Babcock apologized to, to Johan Franzen. I'm Mike <laughs> Babcock. Well, Mike Babcock apologized. You know, fucking player. Like, fuck Did this you guy. Beat the rock? Couple, you're damn right. a couple you A's in there. You're, you got it perfectly down. 
Fucking Christ. The Ducks beat the Blues 4-1. to Troy Terry's fucking sick. He's got an 11-game point streak. The Wild beat the Islanders. How the fuck does Ryan Hartman have six goals? The Wild have <laughs> come from behind to win eight of their wins. Seven have been comeback wins in 11 Cannot fucking sustain. games. It's absurd. And the Canucks beat the Stars. Uh, all of the Canucks' big players showed up. Miller with two goals. Horvat, Besser, Paul Colson, Pedersen. Uh, Pedersen only has two goals, by the way. Uh, and Thatcher Demko is fucking unreal. Demko! And the Dallas Stars are the only team to not win a game in regulation so far this season. <laughs> there you go. That was everything from Sunday. You riled me up about Mike Babcock, and now I'm like, ah, fuck this shit. Oh, man. Uh, boys, any takes from those games yeah. on Sunday, or are we about ready? Ryan Suter plays for the Stars. I almost forgot. Yeah, he scored that. That was one of the notes I had written down, <laughs> right? That he scored his first three. goal as a star. Captain America, baby. Still got oh, it. Oh, God. Still got it. Dem- so with that. Demko's the best. Demko was on the Dude, he's, he might win the Vezina yeah, this year. Yeah, he's There's, playing unreal. He, uh, he's always been like I'm the ex- one. Let me, let me fucking speak. <laughs> Thank you. I was. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. <laughs> uh, Ruining the moment. Speak now or forever hold your peas. I don't have peas. I have boba, though, so I'll just hold this. Okay, Demko has always been a, a weird. I feel like he's always been like a like a. He's on the, like the cusp of being a, like a, a an elite goaltender, and I think now he's finally just taking it, just going for it, being the guy. I model my style off of that man. Him and Juicy Sorrow. It's great. That's all I wanted to say. Juicy. Juicy, Juicy sore Juicy ass. Sorrows. Let's go. Oof, goodness. So, uh, to end this show, a couple of things have come out that we're not going to talk about today. We're going to wait for more info to drop. Rick Westhead uh, of TSN dropped an interview. Uh, another one. This is with the mother of John Doe 2, who has not been named. Uh, I highly recommend everybody check out uh, that particular interview. I'll be watching it the second that we wrap up this show. As well, there was another more shitty topic that uh there's been a a polarizing reaction somehow uh but hey guess what it's a spotlight being shown on shitty shady people uh outsports.com o-u-t sports.com is covering a story right now uh the headline massachusetts high school hockey team facing allegations of brazenly homophobic and racist hazing jesus um yeah, uh, let, let's call it a not-so-well-kept secret about some of the shit that goes on uh, in high school level and above, if not even below, potentially, uh, in terms of Massachusetts hockey. I think a lot of people in the state can uh, tell you that, yeah, some shady shit goes on. Mm-hmm. Haven't been able to read enough into that, but that headline popped up and people were like, hey, you're going to talk about this? Potentially, give me time. I don't want to sit here and talk too much about this, but I at least wanted to acknowledge it. And again, do some research of your own, do some reading of that article. And uh, I guess essentially inform yourself. To end the show on a more positive note, um, we talked about FHM earlier. And I do uh, I do want to say, again, if you go to at Franchise Hockey on Twitter, they have a link to their website. You can go to their website. You can go to their shop. It will direct you to a Fast Spring checkout. And at that Fast Spring store... If you use code Tugi24 FHM8, you can get yourself a nice little discount on FHM8. That is official. That you guys are the first ones to know that you can get yourself a nice little discount on Franchise Hockey Manager 8. So yeah. make sure to check that out. T-O-U-G-I-E 24 FHM8. 
Boys, this has been a hell of a show. It's another long one, but, um, man, I've had fun over these last couple of shows. And, again, uh, we'll see what the next couple of days really bring us here yeah. in the world of hockey because, man, we couldn't even make it through uh, this particular episode without more stuff kind of popping up. Yeah. But we'll end things for now. The long-winded nature of the show continues, but I love it. Endo, have you have you finally figured out how to plug your own stuff here? Uh, Yeah. Hi, I'm Endo. I make content sometimes. Uh, I promise I'm going to get a YouTube stuff going up soon, but I stream every... Now, officially, I want to make a video to an... But every day I'm streaming on Twitch from like 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Endomills. That's where I'm at. Come watch me do random stuff. Uh, probably not play NHL anymore because I... I got to enjoy my life, man. And I'm, I'm tired of... <laughs> I'm already seeing stuff that's happened to Sim with his rosters and his files getting erased. I'm sorry, buddy. And stuff happened to Tugi last year. His roster was getting erased. Sorry, buddy. And I, I, I don't want to take the risk. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play Minecraft. Fuck it. I'm gonna blow up and be a Minecraft. Sh you know what? That's me. Anyways, yeah. Twitch.tv/slash/endonmills. <laughs> well, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. You can, you can find me at uh, on Twitter. As you see below at SinFTW Parod and on YouTube and Twitch at Sin for the Win Productions. Franchise content on YouTube, just one series allowed because if you make another one, that save file will just get deleted. No more Be a Pro because no one gives a fuck about that and the gameplay sucks. And uh, we'll see what I do on Twitch. I don't know. Still trying to carve out that niche since I, again, can't really do franchise, but we'll see how things go. And of course, I am everywhere. At Tuki24. You probably already know that if you found this show. We will be back, I believe, this Thursday. Uh, I can't wait to see what the hockey world has in store for us to be able to talk about because it has been anything uh, but a dull opening month to the season. Again, a big shout-out to Manscaped for sticking with us here. Code Tuki there at checkout. 20% off free worldwide shipping. You know the deal. We'll see you all later this week. Have a good one. Take it easy. And... God, I, I just, I don't, I don't even know anymore. Markstrom's going to get 22 shutouts. <laughs> Calling it. Wow. Every shutout. And then the Flames will still miss the playoffs and the city will implode. Yep. Giddy up. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>